0: Chapter 9 of Paul, A Herald of the Cross This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Paul, A Herald of the Cross by Florence M. Kingsley Chapter 9 In the Temple of Baal Kneel, woman, kneel! whispered a voice in her ear. At the same time, a powerful hand upon her shoulder forced her down to the ground. Myra was not a coward. She neither struggled nor cried out. For perhaps the first time in her short life, she really prayed. Her eyes were fixed upon the monstrous figure of the idol beneath its canopy of scarlet and gold. Yet she did not see it. My God, she murmured, clasping her hands in an agony of supplication. I have sinned, but forsake me not. Help me, whom helpless. Restore me, for I am lost." "'Come now, pretty one,' continued the harsh voice, still in a half-whisper. "'That is better. Thou hast prayed to the God. Now shalt thou learn still further how to do his pleasure.'" Myra turned her head and looked at the speaker, who still grasped her firmly by the shoulder. To her great relief she perceived that her captor was a woman, old, bent, and shriveled. "'I must go home, good mother,' she said. "'I pray thee to release me. The idol has passed, and the crowd is moving on.' "'I must go home, good mother,' said the crone mockingly. "'Hi! Yes, that is a comely speech, as thou art a comely wench. Know that I am a mother of devils, girl. Thou shalt be my daughter.' Her tone changed to a coaxing whine. Come, come, pretty one, do not shrink from me. I was once beautiful, even as thou art. Dost thou know that I saved thee from death a moment since? The priests of Melcarth would have slain thee, Jewess, where thou wert standing. I, I am beholden to thee, stammered Myra, trembling. If thou wilt come home with me, I will give thee gold. Broke in the old woman eagerly. Wilt thou give me gold? "'I will give thee my necklace,' said Myra, turning away her face from the hot, fetid breath, which was like, she thought, to the breath of a wild beast. "'Thy necklace?' "'Yes, I see it. Well, that is mine already. I must have gold. Hast thou gold at thy house?' Myra burst into tears. "'Let me go!' she cried desperately. "'Thou art hurting my arm!' The old woman laughed silently by way of answer. She tightened the grasp of her muscular, bony fingers. Gold, she mumbled. But yes, I know how to get it. Come, thou shalt go with me to the temple. There will be merry sights there tonight. Merry, merry sights. Thou shalt see them, Jewess. Dost thou hear me? Myra's heart sank. She remembered her foolish wish of the morning. Dear good Jesus, she murmured, wilt thou not hear me? i have sinned but do thou forgive me and restore me to my husband and my babe oh my little babe have pity on me thou who wert crucified never again will i disobey never again will i weave rose-garlands nor speak to a gentile i promise thee in her wild terror she scarcely noticed that the old woman was dragging her forward as briskly as the throng permitted no one appeared to notice them Myra looked from one to another of the wild, brutal faces that surrounded them, and her heart sank lower still. The tumult increased moment by moment, so likewise did the heat and the pressure of the multitude. She reeled, a mist gathered before her eyes. She would have fallen but for the old woman who promptly thrust a wine flax to her lips. "'Drink.' "'I cannot,' faltered Myra faintly. "'It is unclean.' "'Unclean!' screamed the hag with a frightful imprecation drink or i leave thee to be trampled by the crowd at that moment myra remembered her husband's words could i bear god help me to see my flower crushed in the mire of the streets his pale serious face seemed to rise before her the large loving eyes full of tears with the vision came a sudden mysterious strength i must save myself for his sake she resolved i do not need the wine she said aloud firmly I am quite strong now. Aye, aye, my pretty dove, thou art thinking that presently thou wilt plume thy wings in flight, snarled the old woman with a suspicious look. But thou art mine, a gift of veil. Thou shalt not escape me. Now look you, we have reached the temple enclosure. Presently we shall see some merry sights, as I have said. If again I say to thee drink, then do thou drink from my flask, for this is no place for swoonings. "'I shall not swoon,' answered Myra steadily. "'It is my punishment,' she was thinking. "'I wished to see these things. "'Now I must see them.' "'She looked about her with a shudder. "'Twilight was already gathering, "'and the vast columned court in which they were standing "'twinkled with countless lights. "'Away at the further end of the enclosure "'she could dimly see the colossal image of the god "'and the lofty altar set with flaring torches.' Above, in the infinite spaces of the tranquil heavens, shone the first faint stars of evening. "'We are too far away,' grumbled the old woman. "'We cannot smell the sacrifices from here. Come!' And without relaxing her hold on Myra's arm, she again began to elbow her way through the multitude. The altar stood in the midst of a large open space floored with beaten earth, from which Myra observed, the surrounding throng of worshippers shrank back with manifest tokens of fear. Into this place, issuing, it seemed, from beneath the shrine itself, there streamed a long line of priests. With low, monotonous chanting, they paced slowly backward and forward, bowing at intervals before the hideous image which towered above them. Presently their pace quickened almost to a run. The chanting grew louder. They had formed a double circle now about the shrine, the circles revolving in opposite directions and with inconceivable velocity. After a time, these circles resolved themselves into a wild and seemingly meaningless maze. Yet in some mysterious manner, a great heap of fagots, laid in regular order, was growing upon the altar. Ha! There will be fire in abundance to-night, chuckled the crone. She gave vent to an eldritch shriek. It was echoed by a thousand shrill voices throughout the enclosure. A wild, inarticulate wailing cry, that seemed to pierce to the distant stars, dying away into silence as the mad whirl about the altar suddenly ceased. After a long pause, one of the priests advanced, and seizing a torch, applied it to the heaped-up faggots. Instantly, a great billow of flame darted upward, the red light casting a hideously lifelike glow upon the dark, grinning visage of the idol. "'Bell! Bell!' shrieked the multitude. "'God of fire! God of light!' again there was silence, broken this time by a sound of sweet, treble voices singing somewhere at a distance. The sound drew nearer, till presently from the same hidden door from which the priests had issued, there came a procession of children, their naked bodies wreathed with flowers, their heads bound with golden fillets. Round and round the altar they marched, the dancing firelight gleaming on silken curls and satin smooth dimpled limbs. "'How beautiful!' cried Myra involuntarily, half forgetting where she was. "'Beautiful, yes!' snarled the old woman. "'But they will tread a brisker measure before many moments.' Myra trembled at the old woman's tone and gesture. "'What will they do with them?' she asked, remembering with sudden horror the words of the Greek lady. "'Art thou also impatient for the sacrifice?' said the crone, showing her long yellow fangs. The god hath waited this hour through the long year. It ill becometh a mortal to chafe while Baal waits unmoved. See the pretty dears, how daintily they trip it. They have been promised sugar-cakes and honey-wine, together with a gold coin, if they shall please the god this night. Ay, there is never a lack of the lambs on any year Baal be praised. Round and round, faster and faster, flew the children, in obedience to the wild gestures of the priests, the leaping flames rising and sinking fitfully, till at last they drowsed with a low purring sound upon a bed of glowing scarlet. The feet of the little dancers were lagging now, and the curly heads drooped piteously in the fierce heat. One by one the brave sweet voices died away into silence. Still the priests urged them on with loud imperative cries. From somewhere out of the throng sounded a woman's low wail, but it was instantly drowned in the noisy beating of thousands of palms. "'The God waits!' cried the old woman, dancing up and down. "'Shall he wait in vain?' "'The God waits!' echoed the multitude with a vast, discordant roar. Two priests started forward, armed with brazen shovels. "'The fire! The fire! Praise be to Baal! The fire at last!' The priest hastily spread the glowing coals in a thick bed, directly in the path of the dancing children. Ay, sugar cakes and honey wine, and gold, red gold, see it gleaming before thee. Now dance, my pretty ones, dance, shrieked the hag in an ecstasy. The children drew back with loud, frightened cries. But now the watching priest sprang up, and the gleam of a hundred knives flashed in the ruddy glow. Dance, my lambs, dance to the god, screamed the old woman madly. So danced my pretty ones to their rest long years ago. Aye, thou shalt dance. And relaxing her hold on Myra's arm, she darted into the sacred enclosure. Myra stood as if turned to stone, staring at the horrible sight before her. Before the angry priest could seize the intruder, the flames from the waiting fire leapt up, and enfolded the gaunt figure with a scarlet shroud. The God hath chosen! The God hath chosen! shrilled a woman's voice. The children are saved! Then Byra turned and fled away through the crowd, the shrieks of the dying woman echoing in her ears. The veil was torn from her face, but she knew it not. Mad with horror, she eluded the hands outstretched to grasp her. "'neither hearing nor heeding the hellish tumult "'which pursued hard after her. "'My God!' she cried aloud. "'My God! My God!' "'And faster and ever faster "'she fled on through the darkness, "'led by that mysterious something "'which we mortals call instinct, "'a something we say grandly "'which serves the lower creation "'in the place of the godlike reason "'which is denied them, "'a something which is perhaps "'both below and above reason.' fit attribute for beast or angel, but which God grants in its fulness only to the most helpless of his creatures. Straight as a homing pigeon to its mate, so fled this wandering one through the black night into the heaven of home. End of chapter 9